Hey, I am uh, super glad to be back. Last week, we had a 4th of July party uh, with our friends at Wellhouse and had an amazing fireworks show. If y'all went, it was pretty good. We had one firework that only flew about three feet in the air and exploded. It was awesome. No, no, it, yeah, it was a little scary, but that's what made it fun, right? It was a lot of fun. I hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. Uh, when you do Sunday night church and 4th of July falls on a Sunday night, we're going to party, all right? So we, we're not going to have church. We're going to party because God loves fun, all right? Uh, but today, I'm going to bring you just a one-week, one-off. We typically do sermon series here, so we'll kind of unpack the same thought for a few weeks. Well, tonight, uh, we're just going to do a standalone deal uh, and something that I really wanted to talk on. And uh, we'll get to what I wanted to talk on in a second. But as I was studying uh, for this, I realized that if I wanted to talk about the thing I want to talk about, I got to talk about something that's going to make some of us feel uncomfortable in here tonight. All right. So I'm just going to prepare you now. I might get in your business a little bit tonight and it's not because I want to condemn you. It's not because I want to shame you. It's not because I don't love you, but it's because what you have to understand that part. If you're going to understand the good part. All right. So we're going to do a good news and bad news. But we're going to start with the bad news. All right. So we're going to get there in a second, but first I want to know, and this, this could be a little confessional time. Actually, don't raise your hand. I don't want to shame you. I just said, I'm not going to shame you. And I'm about to embarrass somebody in here. Not really. But anyway, uh, we have three kids. All right, we have a ton of kids over there right now. Surely one of these kids has been put in one of these devices that I'm about to talk about. Um, how many people have been to the mall or you've been to Disney World or you've been into a crowded area and you've seen a kid that has a cute little monkey backpack on, but it also has a tail, right? And that tail is a tether that attaches to the mom or dad. Have y'all ever seen one of these things before, right? Okay, has anyone ever put their kids in one of these? Don't tell, don't answer. Have you really? Okay, y'all have a ton of kids though. So somebody's got to control them. All right, so I, we're not those parents. We, we can sort of corral ours, right? It's like herding cats sometimes, but I've never been a, a leash on my kids guy, okay? That's just not been the route that we've taken as a parent, but we've all seen these. I remember the first time I saw one, I think we were at Rivergate Mall like a long time ago, and I thought, who has put a leash on their child, right? Like these things ain't dogs. I didn't have kids at the time, right? So I'm judging this family hard, right? But once you have kids, you realize how easily you can lose them. And once you have eight kids, like your mom, did your mom use this on any of y'all? No? Okay. Once you have, yeah, once you have eight kids or you have, I forget how many brothers says you have, Sadie, but it's a ton too, right? Eight? It's also eight. Yeah, okay. So, wow, I cannot believe that. And your, her mother's here. You deserve a gold medal. A, a round of applause. Come on, y'all, there we go. A round of applause at least. But, uh, you know, once you have kids, you understand, like, sometimes you got to, you got to hook them up to something, right? Because they can run away. They'll go away with a stranger, right? And so it's sometimes important to tether them to you. It's sometimes important to tie them to you. How many people have dogs in here? Come on. I know Sadie don't have a dog. She, yeah, she does not. But some of you have dogs. Well, when you take a dog out, you typically put it on a leash. Why? Because if your dog's not like super well trained, it's going to leave or it's going to go off and play with another dog or it's going to, like our dog did, kill a cat. Our dog did that and we don't have a dog anymore, but our old dog killed my mother-in-law's cat one night. That was a fun conversation to have. But sometimes you want to control where the dog goes. And so you tether them to a leash and you get a retractable leash. So if they go into a direction that they don't need to be going in, you can pull them back to where they need to be, right? That's how they work. If you have a kid on a leash and they want to go somewhere that they can't go, you're going to yank them back and get them where they need to be. 
But I also think that in our own lives, we are tethered to something. We're attached to something. And I think that, uh, that some of us might be attached to the wrong thing. You might be attached to something that is keeping you in a place that you don't need to be. And so every time you're trying to do the right thing, oh, you get hung up and you get tethered back into somewhere you don't need to be. And the Bible says that there's really only two things that you can be tethered to. There's only two things that you can be tethered to. And we're going to talk about those two things tonight. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. All right, we're going to be starting in verse 19. All right, Galatians chapter 5, starting, I'm sorry, not in 19, I'm on the wrong page of my notes. Starting in verse 16. And we're going to read this passage. And I think when you read this, some of uh, some people think that the Bible is really confusing, and there are certainly some translations out there that are more confusing. Well, the one I read from is called the New Living Translation, the NLT, and it's really conversational. I'm going to read this, and I think that you guys are going to really relate to this. I think every person is going to really relate to this. So here's what it says, starting in verse 16. It says, and so this is Paul. Paul was like, the man, all right, back in the Bible. He wrote most of the New Testament, and uh, this was a letter he was writing to a group of people. And so he says this to this group of people. He says, so I say this, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. All right, so he's essentially saying in the Clinton Lambert translation, tether your life to the Holy Spirit, okay? Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. So here, you're already in a battle, right? Your sinful nature, it wants to do something that might not be very good. And the Bible actually calls it evil. You want to do something evil. And it wants to do exactly the opposite of what the Spirit wants to do. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And here's the deal. Here's what all of us, I think, can relate to, we can, we can understand tonight, is these two forces are constantly fighting each other. They're constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed, when you're tethered by the Spirit, you're not under, under obligation to the law of Moses. You're not, under, you're not under obligation to the legalism, essentially, is what that means. So doesn't that describe our lives, right? Like, hey, I want to do this really good thing. I know that, man, I really want to be more generous. I want to start doing these things. I want to start serving. I want to get involved. I want to go and be a part of Give a Meal. I really want to invite somebody to church. I really want to read my Bible. I really want to pray. I really want to have a better marriage. I really want to be a better parent. I really want to be less selfish. I really want to be these good things. But... There's something that just keeps pulling me over here, right? There's something that doesn't want me to go over there. No matter how hard I want to, no matter how hard I try, I just keep bouncing back over here. And it's just hard to do those things. Man, it seems like every time I want to be more generous with my money, my car breaks down. It seems like every time I want to give a little more, something inconvenient happens. It seems like every time I want to get involved on Sunday nights and step in and serve, that, man, it just starts raining, and then there's a really good golf match on, or, or man, I've got a lot to do tomorrow, and I just can't seem to just get over this hurdle and get over here and do what I need to do. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying right now? Okay, maybe for you, take spiritual, uh, the, spiritual time, the spiritual thing out of it, right? I'm tired, I'm going to stutter a lot, and all this stuff tonight, I'm so sorry. But maybe you can relate to this. Man, 
I really want to lose weight. I want to be healthier. I want to get my six pack back or maybe for the first time ever, right? Like you want to do these things. I really want to run a 5k. I want to do this. I want to look different. I want to fit in my summer clothes now toward the end of summer. You know, like I really want to lose my COVID, my quarantine 15. Come on somebody. And, and you want to do these things, but man, those donuts look good. That sign, the hot and ready sign is on right now. Like it's just, it's, it's like a magnet is drawing me into this drive through right now. Or man, you, it's just hard for you to get outside and maybe exercise a little bit. It's hot, right? You want to do the right thing. You want to be healthy, but man, there's just something that's keeping you over here. Well, the Bible talks about that. And the Bible actually talks about it in a couple of different ways. And so before we get into the bad news, all right, we're about to get into the bad news. I want to tell you right now, I love you. I did not want to preach this message. All right, this is not my style. This is not how I like to craft my messages because I believe when you leave Oasis Church, you should feel encouraged. And you're going to feel encouraged at the end, I promise you tonight. But before we do, I got to get in your business. So I'm going to read, continue reading the scripture in a few minutes. And it's going to list off a list of things that you're going to go, are we really going to talk about all this in church? The answer is yes. I'm going to talk about every single one of these things in this list, all right? We're going to get into it a little bit. There's no kids in here, but I'm just telling you, you're, you're going to hear me say something tonight, and you're going to go, you're going to get a little defensive. You're going to start justifying your actions a little bit. You're going to go, man, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's old school stuff. I don't do that anymore. Listen, you're going to feel that way. If you start feeling that way, that one's probably for you, okay? I just want to tell you right now, if you start getting defensive, if you start justifying and doing these things, that one's probably for you. So pay attention to that. Don't get mad at me. I'm just reading the Bible, okay? That Jesus wrote all this. You can get mad at him, but I'm telling you, Jesus knows what's best for you. And I want what's best for you. Pastor Stephanie wants what's best for you. So we're going to talk about all this stuff. So we're going to continue on. But before we do, we have to define two different things that are happening in this passage, we're going to define two terms that this passage refers to over and over again. The first one we're going to learn about is the spirit. Y'all say spirit. spirit. Come on, y'all with me? Say spirit. spirit. All right, so the spirit in this is talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, at this church, we believe that the Bible teaches that God is one unit that has three different functions. He's three different persons all tied up into one, okay? Okay. I'm not going to get into explaining how all this works or anything like this, but essentially we have God, the father, we have God, the son, and we have God, the Holy spirit. Now the Holy spirit's job is to bring life into your life, to bring vibrancy into your life. The Bible talks about how you can have an abundant life. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. I'm not saying you're never going to have problems, but when the Holy Spirit's involved in your life, you have an abundant life. Your life, it, it, it explodes with vibrancy. It gives you gifts that you can, uh, that God's given you gifts of the Spirit so that you can change people in your life right now, so that you can positively impact people in your life. So the Spirit is who we're talking about, the Holy Spirit. Anytime you see Spirit talked about, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And I believe that when you become a Christian, you have access to the Holy Spirit. You have access to these things. And the Holy Spirit is the thing that comforts you, but it's also the thing that confronts you. When you do things that are against what the Spirit wants, it should convict you. It should confront you a little bit. But the Holy Spirit is also that thing that comforts you. When you feel lonely, when you feel anxious, when you feel stressed, and you get that peace. 
that peace that the Bible says surpasses our reality, our, our understanding. That's the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're talking about. The second phrase that this thing mentions is the sinful nature. Y'all say sinful nature. All right. Now, the sinful, listen, everybody's got a sin nature. Everyone's got a sinful nature. And this thing is the rebel. Y'all say rebel. All right, the rebel just wants to break all the rules. And so you've maybe, you've maybe been a Christian for decades. And guess what? You still might stub your toe and say a bad word, right? And you might be close to Jesus, but you might stub your toe and you might let a, let one slip. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you're a new Christian and everything seems a little hard right now. And you're like, man, I just really can't kick this habit. I'm still dealing with this thing. I don't want to deal with it. That's your sinful nature. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, I'm not going to get super into this right now, but when Jesus died on the cross, he destroyed the power of sin in your life. So anytime you succumb to the power of sin, it's because you let your sin nature win that day. You made a decision that went against God because you have the Holy Spirit in you. And when you have the Holy Spirit in you, it gives you power, right? It it helps you defeat things like this. But we are all human. We're going to deal with our sin nature until we get to heaven. I hate to break it to you, you're never going to go a day without doing something wrong, right? But as you get older, you're going to become more like Jesus. As you become mature in your walk with Jesus, you're going to become more like Jesus. But you're still going to have a sin nature because it's it's natural for you to sin. Your natural response to any situation is to sin. That's a sin nature, right? So we're going to talk about that. And these two things, the Holy Spirit and your sinful nature, are constantly fighting each other on the inside of your life. So sometimes you get put in a situation. You get put in a situation where you're like, I can either respond and walk in the Spirit. I can do the thing that God, I know God wants me to do, or I can do the thing that my sin nature wants to do. And sometimes we're left at a crossroad. I don't know what the right thing to do. I hate that I keep struggling with this thing over here. I hate that, that I can't kick this addiction. I hate that I, I'm still an angry person. I hate that I do these things. I want to change so bad, right? But you keep falling to your sinful nature. They're always at odds with each other. And sometimes you're like, man, I'm a Christian, but man, I just struggle a lot with some things. Well, this passage that we're about to read is talking to you. And so Paul, what he's going to do, what we're about to read, is he's going to list off a bunch of things. And some of these, I'm, some people in here are going to go, Clint, that sounds awfully old school. Now, let me just tell you, I believe that the Bible was made, was given to us so that we could look more like Jesus. So some of this might sound old school. It might sound like, man, we just don't do that anymore, Clint. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to listen to what this thing says over what the world tells me to do. Because the sinful nature wants to keep you exactly where you are. But God wants to take you further than you want to go. So when you listen to this this list we're about to read off, you might think it's old school. But guess what? I'd rather be a little old school and be right with Jesus. Because at the end of the day, I want my life to matter. You want your life to matter. And the Bible clearly says in this passage, we're about to read it, that you cannot make a difference. You can't even inherit the kingdom of God if you're constantly living in in a state that's dealing with some of these things. So here we go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to go on the journey with me a little bit? Are y'all ready? Come on. Y'all ready? Here we go. Doesn't matter if you're ready. We're going. Here we go. Starting in verse 17. The sinful nature wants to do evil. 
which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. All right, and then here's verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, so when you decide to go this way instead of that way, the results are very clear. So everything, a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about in this list are internal things. There's stuff that no one can really see if you hate somebody, but the effects are clear. They can see when you act out on a lot of these things. When you decide to follow the desires of your sinful nature, it's obvious, okay? It creates a lifestyle that other people can look and see, okay? So here's what it says. The results are very clear. Here's the list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, Quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. And if that wasn't enough, and all the other sins just like this. So Paul says, hey, when you're deciding to follow your sinful nature, it's obvious because you get involved in things that you were never supposed to be involved in in the first place. And it says, let me tell you again, as I have before. That anyone living that sort of lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a bold statement. So if you find yourself and you're living a lifestyle that's mentioned right here, the Bible calls you out and says, listen, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And it's not because God can't save you. It's because you probably haven't been saved yet. Because when a person accepts Jesus, they look different. And so I'm going to go through and I'm going to break down every single thing listed on this list. And we're going to talk about it. Some of them we're going to talk about a little longer, but we're going to talk about all of them. Because as I was studying, I was reading these, some of these I thought, I don't deal with that. Like I'm not, I don't do it. Well, then I started reading what they really mean. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I got to, I got to repent of some things in my life right now. Right? So here, I'm just going to go through all of them. And if some of this hits you, pay attention. We're not condemning you. In fact, we're going to wrap this up at the end, and it's going to be a good time. I can't wait. But we got to get through this first. We got to go to the bad news before we can get to the good news. All right, so this actually lists these off in four different categories, okay? The first category are sensual sins, all right, or sexual sins, okay? So the first thing it says is sexual immorality. This one's easy. This one's talking about adultery. When we give in to sometimes the, the cravings of our sinful nature, it leads to this. We might not be faithful to our spouse. And if you've not been faithful to your spouse, God can redeem that relationship. I've seen it happen with my own eyes. It can happen. But sometimes that's what happens. It's being unfaithful in your marriage. The second thing it says is impurity. Now, the original word for this represented fornication. Okay, so this is where it might seem a little old school. If you are sleeping with somebody that is not your spouse, the Bible will call that giving in to your sinful nature. If you're having sex outside of the confines of marriage, which the Bible clearly lays out as being one man and one woman in the unity of marriage, that's how we're supposed to have sex. If we do anything outside of there, the Bible will call that impure. So if you're having sex before marriage or if you're having sex with somebody that's not your spouse, that is impure. That's exactly what this verse is talking about. The next thing, it says this, lustful pleasures. Now, We're not going to get into too much graphic detail about this, but that if you haven't caught enough of it yet, this includes things like lustful thoughts, things like pornography, everything that's associated with pornography, all these things. 
The Bible says, if you are constantly giving into these things, if you have a lifestyle, not that you just struggle with it from time to time, if you have a lifestyle of this, then you need to check your life a little bit. It's a lustful thought. So that's the sensual sins. The next one are the religious sins. Now, this next one, you're going to go, I'm good. I don't, I, you know, I'm good on this one. I, I don't really struggle with this. And the next one is idolatry. Y'all say idolatry. Come on, y'all say idolatry. This is a big one. I'm going to define what an idol is. And it's probably, you're probably going to be like, okay, I struggle with this one too. I struggled with this one. An idol, y'all write this down. This is good. An idol is anything apart from God that we depend on to be happy, fulfilled, or secure. An idol is anything, even if it's a good thing, is anything apart from God and God alone that we depend on to be happy, fulfilled, or secure. How does money look right now in your life? A lot of us depend on that, to be fulfilled, to be secure, to be happy. Some of us, and this feels weird even saying this because I struggle with it, your kids. Some of you depend on your kids to bring you happiness that they were never designed to give you. Only God can give you that sort of happiness. Maybe for you, it's your job. Man, you go to work, you hate it, but man, it pays good. And we do it because, man, we depend on that for our security. We depend on that for our happiness. Or maybe if you're a man in here, you depend on that to be fulfilled. Anything in your life that you run to other than God to be happy, to be secure, or to be fulfilled is an idol. I think that probably hits just about all of us, right? I know for me, uh, there was a point in time, and this is going to sound romantic. Okay, this is not romantic. All right, let me tell you is, man, I, I would put Stephanie, give her an unrealistic goal, an expectation to meet my life, that she had to make me 100% happy, 100% fulfilled, all these things. And it sets people up for failure. When you put people in a place that only God is supposed to be, you're setting them up for failure because they can't meet that expectation. That's why God doesn't like you to worship idols. It, it doesn't have anything really to do with like you stealing God's thunder. God's got plenty of thunder. He has the whole universe that can praise him at all times. He wants you to worship him because that's what's best for you. He knows that if you're running to another thing, if you're running to another idol in your life, it won't do the trick. He loves you too much to do that. That's why this is a part of this list. The next thing, and some of you are thinking, there's nobody in here that struggles with this next one. Sorcery. All right, y'all say sorcery. All right, here we go. Y'all ready for this one? That doesn't mean witchcraft, okay? We all think that that means like Wicca and witchcraft and all these things, okay? Actually, that word that's used, that means sorcery back in the original language, is the same word that we use to say pharmacy, and so the way that they conducted witchcraft back then and sorcery, it wasn't like they were waving a wand and giving you magic spells and all this, all this sort of thing. No, they were drug dealers. And so this word literally means to take drugs, to take things that you, you take, like hallucinogens and all these things that get you high. That's what this is talking about. And so some of us, I know that, man, Tennessee is actually one of the worst states in the opioid, opioid crisis right now. Top three worst states. Everywhere else in the country is going down. Tennessee's going up. 
And here's the deal. That stuff's scary. Why? And some people need it. But some people get hooked on it and they can't live without it. And if that's you, I'm going to tell you right now, you have hope. You can get through this. You can beat it. And if you struggle with a, a drug addiction right now, no matter what it is, God can break that in you. I believe that. But if you're living in that lifestyle, if you can't, if you're worshiping it like you would an idol, let me tell you, man, God is going to do something amazing in your life tonight because he wants to break that out of your life and he wants you to walk in the spirit. Will it be easy? Heck no. But will it be worth it? Yes. So those are our religious sins. All right. The next one are people sins. I'm about, if I haven't caught you yet, I'm about to get you right now. Okay. These next ones, we're going to get everybody. All right. The next one, it says this, it's hostility. Y'all say hostility. hostility. Now, hostility can also be uh, translated as hatred. And here's the tricky thing about hatred is nobody can see you when you hate somebody. It happens right here. Nobody knows but you. But when a person walks in a room that you can't stand and you're like, good, you can't think anything nice of them. You can't say anything nice about them. You can't, you can't stand to see their stupid face getting up on Facebook in your feed, right? But you can't unfollow them because you want something bad to happen to them. And you're just waiting to see right on Facebook. That's hostility. Now, I think a lot of us have someone like that in our life that we just don't like being around and we can't stand them. That's what the Bible talks about. The next one, quarreling. Y'all say quarreling. quarreling. This word actually means to have a combative or argumentative spirit. So if you're known to be a person that's always combative, you always argue with people, you have to have the last word, you can't let somebody be right, like you're the person that's always right and all that, guess what? You're the, exactly who this person's talking about. How many of y'all know a person like that? Come on, be honest with you, I do. You see them all over Facebook all the time, it's the worst. Right? When the election's going on, my God. I mean, we have to sit and have people argue on your time, timeline and all this stuff. And if, and if you're like me, you've probably dabbled in it a little bit, right? Or maybe you are that person that just fires off on Facebook and lets everyone know what you're thinking. And you're known to everybody else, just so you know, as a combative and argumentative person. And you might not have many friends anymore. And you're thinking, man, why don't, where did all my friends go? Well, you quarrel a little too much, you know? And people don't like being around that. But when you act that way, you're not acting. The Spirit has never led anybody in the world to be combative and to fight and to be that type of person to argue all the time. The Spirit's never led you that way. If you're acting that way, your sinful nature led you that way. The next one is this, is jealousy. You say jealousy. Now, this is, this is pretty straightforward, right? Like, you desire to have what someone else has, okay? You, you see that someone else has got something that you like and you want. And you look at them and go, man, if I could just have that. And here's where jealousy comes in. You, you, you get to be jealous when you start comparing your life to someone else. And here's, let me just tell you, if you want to kill something special, compare it to someone else's. Compare your family to someone else's family. That's how you kill the vibe in your family. If you want to feel bad about your church, this is something that I deal with. This is something I've had to repent of is go watch someone else's church and start comparing it. And it's like, man, they got a much nicer building than we do. Their, their logo's cooler than ours. They seem to be baptizing people like crazy. And you start comparing yourself. And all of a sudden you find yourself getting jealous. 
You do this all the time, man. If I would have just gotten that job, man, I, I would have been where that guy was, right? Then you start getting jealous. Jealousy, the spirit of God has never led someone to be jealous. The sinful nature, on the other hand, always wants us to be jealous. The next word is an outburst of anger. This is another one for me. I struggle. I, I can have a short fuse. When I'm stressed and tired, it's bad to live at my house. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just not pleasant sometimes. And this is hard for me. And maybe you're like that. And you have trouble. You have a short temper. And you've been stressed lately. And your kids are bothering you when they shouldn't be. Your, your spouse is bothering you when they shouldn't be. And you don't want to be around anybody because everyone else is annoying because you're angry. And you, you'll say something you don't mean at the drop of a hat. That's an outburst of anger. The Spirit of God has never led anyone to have an outburst of ang in anger. Your sinful nature has led a lot of us to have an outburst of anger. The next one, this is a big one too, selfish ambitions. Now, I don't talk about politics from platform. Actually, I probably won't ever talk with any of you about politics. It just doesn't get anywhere, right? But this is a perfect definition of a politician. When you think of a politician, they campaign, they do all this stuff, but really, they're doing it because of what's in it for them, right? Like everyone, that's not like the joke of politics, right? Like they're not, they don't really care about us. They just want what's in it for them. Oh, when the COVID relief bill is going on, oh, the Democrats, they just wanted to build all this. They want to do all that. They're just in it for themselves. They don't care about helping us. You've all said it. You've all seen it on Facebook. Well, guess what? We act a lot like that. Hey, uh, can you come help me do this? Well, what's in it for me? You going to feed me if I come help you move? right? Hey, can you come help me do this? Oh, what's in it for me? What am I going to do? Like, hey, I can't, I'm not going to, I can't do that. You know, it's not going to help me any. Some of you at work, you just skate to get by because it's, well, what's in it for me? Right? That's what a selfish ambition is. You're only in it for you. Well, I don't want to be involved in that. Like, you mean I got to show up early and help set up at church and all this stuff? Like, I don't, like, what's in it for me? Nothing's in it for you sometimes. I hate to tell you that. It's just sometimes there's just not anything in it for you. Sometimes you just serve because God's called you to have a humble spirit, right? And that's okay. I, 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 sometimes God just calls you to serve, and that's, that's, that's all it is. But you'll learn that when you serve, man, you have a fulfillment that you've never had before. You have a joy that you've never had before. When you do things out, out of selfish ambition, it's always going to lead you. Uh, it's always going to lead you in a direction you don't want to go. But when you do something out of humility and you do something out of a servant's heart, God can use that, and God does use that. That's a big one. The next one is this: dissension and divisions. This word literally means to stand apart, to be divided. I don't know of any other phrase, dissensions and divisions, that would describe our country right now. That would describe some of the, ch the church right now. We argue over the dumbest stuff. Did you know that you can be friends with somebody that believes differently than you? You don't have to be divided, right? You don't have to tear them down. You know what? There, there, are, there are pastors that I don't agree with. I don't agree with everything a lot of the pastors say. But guess what? I'm going to stand by them. Because, man, there's too much that we agree on, that we're going to split hairs over stuff we don't agree about, right? But, man, it's so easy to get on Facebook and, and fire off your opinions. Let me let's give you some wisdom. This is free tonight. You don't have to pay for this. This is free. 
It is totally possible to see something on Facebook you don't agree with and not say anything about it. Did you know that? Like you don't have to comment on everything, right? You don't have to keep dividing. And guess what? There are plenty of people in my life that I don't agree with that I'm great friends with. And you know, we just, we just don't talk about that stuff. Man, you're going to be such a happier person if you just quit dividing and quit causing dissension. You'd just be so happy. Don't involve yourself in it. it doesn't, it's not from God. It's not from the Spirit. So don't do it, right? And the last thing, the last of the people sins is envy. Oh, this is good. This is different than jealousy. Uh, envy is the grief over someone else's good. I can't believe that they got that. I can't believe that he got that job. I, I deserve that job, right? Like, it hurts you to see somebody else succeed. Woo! It hurts you to see somebody else succeed. I think that gets just about all of us, right? Like, man, that, is, that was a struggle for me. When we were starting this church... And we weren't able to find a place to meet yet. It was driving me crazy. And all my other friends, it seemed like every time I opened up Facebook, it was like, oh, they got a building. Someone gave them a building, Steph. Can you believe that? Why can't they give us a building? You know, like, and all this stuff. And you start to get envious. Maybe for some people in here, this might be touchy. I'm not going to say it. All right. Sorry. I had to really filter myself there. Some people, you see someone else's special announcement on Facebook, and it eats you alive on the inside. And some of that might be really hurtful. But when you come into a situation like that where you, you, uh, it grieves you to see somebody else succeed or to see their family grow or to see this thing happen, you're not living in the spirit. And that is a trick of the devil. That's where entitlement lives. And entitlement has no place in the kingdom of God. And the last thing is this, is, is a social sense. Drunkenness. All right, we're going to talk about alcohol for a second. Y'all ready for this? This means drinking for the purpose of getting drunk. Now, this doesn't talk bad about alcohol. It's not saying that consuming alcohol is a sin. Y'all can decide on, on that if you want to drink or not. I, I don't care, to be honest with you. But... There is something to be said about drinking for the sole purpose of getting drunk. Amen. This is a big problem for some people. And most of the time, this happens when you're with other people. And that's why these are called social sins, is that they happen in a group of people. And the Bible speaks very clearly that drunkenness is a sin. Drunkenness is something that we should avoid. God has never led someone to get drunk. Okay? Now, for some people... That means you probably just shouldn't drink at all. If you have a problem with it, if it's something you're trying to get better at, just don't do it. That's just a wise thing to do. For some of you, you can have it in moderation, and you're not drinking to get drunk. But even if you accidentally overdo it, this covers that. And we're not supposed to live that way. Uh, we're supposed to live with self-control. We're supposed to live with things like this. And then the last thing it talks about is wild parties, all right? I don't know any of you that go to wild parties, but it says it, right? Sometimes when you get in a group of people and, man, you're just partying just to cause a ruckus and go crazy, that's what this is talking about. And if you're involved in that, guess what? You're probably doing a lot more things on this list because it's a lot easier to do it when you're with a group of people that kind of live this way. I'm not talking bad about people that live this way. I hope that they hear the message of Jesus and God changes their whole life. Now, I don't know about you, but as I was reading that, I thought, I line up, I, I struggle with uh, several of those things, right? 
Maybe you feel the same way. Like, man, actually, I think I might struggle with some envy or some jealousy or some impurity. And if that's you, I want you to know something right now. Your life could change tonight. Do you know that? Your life can change tonight. And then Paul wraps it up in a bow and he says, hey, this isn't even an exhaustive list. This is just something that I threw off the top of my head. There's actually more stuff. And I think you know what those are. There's things in your life that just aren't right that you know that need to change. That's the Holy Spirit trying to tell you like, hey, over here, that's not good. Go this way, go this way. And God wants that in your life. But here's the bottom line. There's a difference. There's some people in here that have struggles with maybe a couple of these things. And like, you're like, hey, you know, I'm not angry every day, but when I get stressed and tired, I find myself getting angry a lot quicker, right? It's not a lifestyle. But some of us, man, we might be living a lifestyle that's marked by these things, by a lot of these things. And if that's you, I'm saying this the most loving way that I can is the Bible would say, it says it. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? It's probably because you've never truly given your life to Jesus. And tonight, you can do that. You can choose right now. Man, my life is marked by that list. My life sounds a lot more like that list than anything else. Well, guess what? Tonight, that can start to change. You just have to make that decision. But there's something that this talks, this is what I really wanted to talk about tonight. And I'm, I'm gonna fly through all this because we're going a little late. <clears throat> is there's a better way to live your life? There's something bigger that you uh, can be a part of. And even though the tether might be attached over here to something in your sinful nature, you can take that tether off and you can attach it over here to something spiritual. And when we decide to do that, when we decide to go, I'm not going to give in to this sinful nature that leads me to places that I don't even like or I don't even want to go. It promises a lot in the beginning, but at the end, it leaves me feeling empty and lonely and disgusting and all these things. I'm sick of that. You can decide. Take the tether off and put it over here on the Holy Spirit side because that is where life is found. I love that it describes it as a fruit. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Y'all say fruit. Here's what I know about fruit is that they give life. They add value. They have nutrients. They have seeds so that they can be reproduced. They represent life. And it uses the word fruit because when you connect to the spirit, you're a part of something that brings you life. You're a part of something that brings you some nourishment. You're, you're a part of something that can be reproduced in your family and your kids and your grandkids. It can go on forever. And so the Bible says, man, when you connect to me over here, when you decide to ignore your sinful nature and choose to do the spiritual thing, your life is vibrant. Your life is a part of things. uh, Your life has things a part of it that mean something to you, that provide and they add value to your life. And those things are stuff like love, joy, peace. How many of y'all need peace right now? How many of you need love right now? How many of you need joy right now? Patience. What mom in here can use some patience? Come on, I can. I'm not even a mom, I'm a dad. She's with him a lot more than I am. But man, I need some patience. Kindness. Man, this world needs more kind people. 
How about you just be kind on Facebook this week? Try that. It'll be awesome. Goodness. That sounds a lot like kindness, Clint. Well, it's very different, actually. Goodness, it really means generosity. The world needs generous people right now. You can be generous. Man, there's nothing better than being generous. And that's a part of this vibrant life, right? Faithfulness. Man, people have become so fickle sometimes. Man, the world needs some faithful people. The people that go, I'm going to be committed to this. I mean, come hell or high water, I'm going to be committed to this. I'm going to be faithful in this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to waver. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be a man of my word. I'm going to show up when I say I'm going to show up. I'm going to do this when I say I'm going to do this. I'm going to be faithful. Gentleness. That's power under control. Man, okay, you struggle with outbursts of anger. You got that growl in you. Okay, control it. That's what gentleness is. Control it. And self-control. Self-control. And then it says, this is real interesting. It says, there's no law against these things. What that means is there's no limit to these things. When you live in the sinful nature, Ben, y'all can come up. When you live in the sinful nature, it, it has an end. There's a point where you're going to hit rock bottom if you keep living that way. It has an end. But there's no limit to the Spirit. You can always have more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can always have more. There's no limit to this. There's nothing restricting any of this because that's where freedom is found. Man, you think that you're going to have this amazing life that makes you happy, that makes you fulfilled, and makes you do all these things, and it leads nowhere. But when we're over here, we have freedom and we have a better life. We have a more fulfilled life. We have a life that's adding value to the people around us. We have a life that is impacting our family. But we got to choose to take the tether off of over there and put it over here so that whenever we want to wander back to our sinful nature, it catches us and it brings us back to where we need to be. So I want you to bow your heads and just close your eyes tonight. I want us to, I want you just to, I want to shrink this room. I'm just talking to you right now. It's just me and you in this room as an individual. And I think it's time to get honest. Now, listen, I said all that stuff. I brought all that stuff up because I love you. And I think God has a better plan for your life. But here's the, here's the hard part. You got to be honest with yourself. And so I, I want to pray for you. Maybe you're a person in here that's struggling tonight with something on that list or maybe a lot of things on that list. And if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity right now to just raise your hand in a second and I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to have you come up here and give you the microphone and make you share it in front of everybody. It's not what we do. And here's what I know. The enemy, you're going to think, man, these people, who knows what they're going to think if they know I'll raise my hand, right? Let me tell you right now, I don't know who your enemy is, but they're not in this room. We love you here. And so if you would just be honest, that's the first step. If you just want to be honest, say, Clint, there's a lot of things on that list we talked about tonight that I'm struggling with. There's one thing on that list that I'm really struggling with right now. Would you just raise your hand? One, two, three. Come on, raise your hand. I see you. I see you. All right, put your hands down. I'm going to pray for you right now. God, would you invade their lives right now? God, help them take the tether off of their sinful nature and put it on the Holy Spirit. I don't know what the struggles are, 
I, I don't need to know what those struggles are, but you do. You see everything we do. You're not surprised by that. And God, I pray that they can make that decision right now. If you just raise your hand, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a few seconds just to say, God, I give, fill in the blank, whatever that thing is you're struggling with, those things you're struggling with, I want you to say, God, I give that to you right now. Come on, just say it in your heart. And I want you to tell God, God, I am gonna tether to your spirit. Say that. I'm gonna tether to your spirit. And come on, hey, this has gotta change. God's pointed it out tonight that there was some stuff that you needed to give to him. And maybe for some of you, you're like, listen, Clint, you said everything on that list I feel like I'm struggling with right now. Or maybe you've created a lifestyle out of something like this. And maybe you haven't made that decision for Jesus to make him the Lord of your life. Well, tonight I wanna give you that chance because it starts there. If you, if you haven't made that step, it, you can't tether anything else. You're stuck in the sinful nature. You're just gonna go back there every time. So if you wanna make a decision tonight to make Jesus the Lord of your life, on the count of three, I just want you to look up at me real quick. Then you can put your head right back down. Here we go, one, two, three. Awesome, you can put your, hand, your heads down. And if that's you, if you wanna make that decision, I want you to just, just repeat this prayer after me. There's nothing magical about this prayer. It's just a way to articulate what's kind of going on in your heart right now. Say, dear God, I need you to control this life, my life. And God, I give these things to you. I don't want to be like this anymore. And I invite you into my life. And in the best way I know how, I'll live tethered to the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, y'all give them a hand that made that decision and give those people a hand that were honest a little bit and they're starting to give their, their stuff over to God. Here's what I want to do. I want us to stand up. We're going to sing one more song. And uh, I love this song. We sang this song about five million times this week at this camp that we did. And I'd never get tired of it. And it's called God of Revival. You don't know what revival means? To bring back to life. I think some of you that raise your hand tonight, your life's about to get some life back in. You're about to get some breath in your lungs a little bit. Let it loose. Worship. Come on, let's get after it in this room. Because God, he's going to light up your life. I believe that. That sounds so cheesy. I don't care. He wants to light up your life. And man, we should respond in a way tonight that we're thankful for that. God, you can have it. I don't care what these people think of me. I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to sing off key. And they can deal with it. You know, that's why we turn it up so loud. So we can't really hear you anyway, right? But listen, seriously, lean into this. Let's sing a little bit because God is awesome. And I think he's reviving some people tonight. Y'all cool with that? Y'all want to sing a little bit tonight? All right, here we go. Let's sing one more song. I'm going to get up here, close us out, and then you can go get your, all your kids in there. All right, so hey, we love you guys.